This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. And trying to make an adjustment on the ball is Michael Pittman. He catches it, and he rumbles across the goal line. Touchdown, a 42-yard strike. Aaron out downfield, down the far sideline, looking for Zay Jones, and it's intercepted by the Colts. He's in! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! Now, here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm J.J. Stankiewicz, joined every week by Colts Ring of Honor wide receiver Bill Brooks to break down the Colts' latest game. Bill, the Colts beat the Las Vegas Raiders 23-20 to on New Year's Eve at Lucas Oil Stadium. Here's what you need to know, the fans listening to this. <laughs> if the Colts beat the Houston Texans next week, they are in the playoffs. If the Colts beat the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars lose, the Colts win the AFC South for the first time since 2014. Those are the stakes for next weekend's game, Bill. But this one, the Colts, they rebound from a 19-point loss in Atlanta to come out and, and really kind of control this game, Bill, I felt like from start to finish. When you're watching this game and you're kind of thinking about it and talking about it, after the game, the mentality I think the Colts came out in this game with was really good. And it really reflected their head coach in a way that we've seen happen a couple times this year, you know, especially down the stretch here. But the resiliency overall of this team, I thought, really shined. And to me, that starts with head coach Shane Steichen. Yeah, it starts with the head coach, of course, and it starts with the message he had after the game against Atlanta when the team didn't play well. They know they didn't play well. It wasn't the style of football they want to play. So that means it comes from the head coach letting those guys know, hey, look, we're going to have to clean up some things, and this is what we're going to do this week going into the game against the Las Vegas Raiders. And we're going to come in, we're going to work hard, and we're going to be ready to play. And the guys believing in what Shane is telling them, and then on top of that, going out, practicing hard, and then it showed, you know, coming out first, first drive going down, scoring a touchdown with JT and uh, setting a tone uh, right from the start of the game that we're going to be playing hard and that we're going to uh, make this a game and gonna play physical. We know Raiders like to play physical, but we're going to play physical as well. And just keep on giving it to them. And then, you know, you play the game, you stay ahead of them, what you want to do, um, make them play from behind. And it makes it difficult for them from an offensive standpoint, they don't have that firepower, meaning from the quarterback position. Yes, Devontae Adams is out there, a big play receiver, but they didn't have that from uh, the quarterback. So the coach did the thing that they need to do, go out there, play hard, and jump on them early. A lot to get into with this game. Uh, we're going to talk about the secondary, piecing things together without Kenny Moore the second, and Julian Blackman. Colts making plays down the stretch, but let's just start from right from the beginning here, Bill. The Colts go down on their first drive, get in the end zone. Jonathan Taylor runs it in. But the play that keyed that drive was a 50-yard completion from Gardner Minshew to Josh Downs, or Gardner kind of escapes pressure, gets outside the pocket. And we've seen Gardner do this a couple of times, and Downs has been the receiver. Like, you think about that play against Cleveland uh, in Week 7 where they had the free play, threw it down the sideline to Downs for a big gain. Uh, even the the catch against the Patriots in Week 10 where Gardner escapes kind of just fires one up downs makes a great play. What about what about this play 
and just the the wherewithal of Josh Downs and Gardner Minshew and the connection they have, Bill, allowed this play to work and generate a 50-yard gain. Well, what I saw of that play really was, you know, Gardner stepping up in the pocket, moving in the pocket, and Josh seeing his quarterback, um, I won't say in trouble, but kind of moving around back there, and he was going to try to find that open spot. He found that open spot um, for Gardner to get in the ball. And when Gardner got him the ball, he had a lot of space. So he just basically catching the ball in open space, running with it, and getting as many yards as he could before he ran out of bounds. So good play by Gardner, of course, avoiding the rush, but also a big play by Josh Downs, a feeling where the defense was, feeling where the hole was in regards to back there in the secondary, and just doing a nice job of uh, feeling his way through there, finding the open spot. Gardner threw him the ball, and – the rest is history. He made a nice play and uh, gained 50 yards. A big play on that drive because it was third and five. Big play by both of those guys to keep the drive alive. And then uh, JT runs the ball the next three plays. I think JT has five yards for the next run, 10 yards on the run after that. And then for the five-yard touchdown um, to give the Colts a 6 nothing lead. You know, when when the Colts drafted Josh Downs, one of the things that we heard about him consistently was just how good he is at finding space. And on this play, you look at the the two Raiders cornerbacks, uh, 18 and 39, they they don't really pass it off very well. Alec Pierce kind of runs like a like a whip route. And mm -hmm. I think I don't know if it was supposed to be Jack Jones or uh, 39 who was going to pass it off, but Downs is just running in free space here. But the way that he he gets he he keeps himself open mm -hmm. almost where he doesn't round his route off uh you know too close to 18 he doesn't get too deep where the safety apps can get to him just like a really good feel for space and then the other thing bill that i noticed re-watching this play uh brayden smith just routes max crosby up crosby, yes and yes crosby i mean the the ball is snapped and within like two seconds crosby's beyond gardner Minshew which allows Minshew to escape to his right and then make that throw. So for all the impact that Max Crosby had on this game, Braden Smith did his job really well. Just say, hey, you're going upfield. And that opened something up for Gardner Minshew to go make this throw. Exactly. Braden Smith did his job. Hey, let Max Crosby get himself out of the, out of the play, rides him up the field. Uh, Gardner reads that, steps up, and then give – Credit to all three of the players because then Josh Downs has a good awareness of space down the field, and he finds that space that's open that, you know what, if Gardner throws me the ball, no one's going to be able to get it, and I'm not going to be too close to a defender, and I'll be in an open spot where Gardner can see me, and it'll hit me, and if I can catch it, I can make some yards afterwards. So give those guys credit for doing a good job out there, breathing, riding Max Crosby up, Gardner reading it, stepping up, and then hitting Downs as he found some open space out there to get the ball to Downs, and Downs runs and makes some yards after the, play, uh, after the catch. So good play by all three of those guys, and a big play from the Colts to help them go down and score. The touchdown to Jonathan Taylor, the Colts kind of go, you know, a little off tackle, it looked like on this. But mm -hmm. the, the touchdown's keyed because Michael Pittman Jr. just takes 21 on the Raiders out of the play. And mm -hmm. <laughs> watching it, watching it live, like Pitt made that look so easy. Like he was just kind of, you know, ho-hum pushing like a blocking sled. But <laughs> I think, Bill, and I, I kind of touched on this on pregame when I was on with you guys. 
Mm-hmm. But I think the attitude that Michael Pittman Jr. brings to this team just overall was a little bit missing last week in Atlanta. And on that first drive, you could feel it. You could feel Pittman just pushing guys around, being a guy who you could trust at the point of attack. And I talked to Pitt about it after the game, and he kind of said, you know, yeah, I often I, I feel like I kind of find myself being at the point of the runs on a lot of plays. And <laughs> he said, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's because they trust me on the outside to go block these dudes. And that was just one. There's another one that we're going to get to later in the game. But that was just another one of those plays where hey, you can run it to Pittman's side and he's going to take that corner completely out of a play. Yeah, definitely. And I think Pitt likes that. I think he enjoys that physical part of the football game where he goes out there and you know what, uh, if the running play is coming my way, I want to be the lead guy out there. I want to be the point guy out there to to block my man and hopefully spring the running back uh, to gain a, uh, some big yards out there. So, you know what, if if he's doing it out there and he's he's setting an example, other guys are going to see that. They want to do that. They want to get involved as well. And it does a lot for the running backs. Running backs know that, hey, you know what, Pitt's going to be out there blocking. If Pitt can get that big block, that might be the block that gives me that 25-yard run or that 30-yard run or that 40-yard run, the big, the big play down the field. So give credit to Pitt for being willing to go out there and block and make big plays. And uh, you know what? That's what you need if you want to have those big, big explosive runs. So after that, the Colts go up 7 to nothing. The Raiders go down and get a field goal. And then both teams kind of just trade punts. It was pretty cagey. Like, it, you know, it kind of felt like the Raiders are winning the field position battle a little bit. Yeah. But it never also really felt like the Raiders were going to threaten much on offense. The game then kind of gets going again when the Colts pick up a couple first downs. They start a possession on their own 10-yard line halfway through the second quarter. Pick up a couple first downs and then get into a third and one at their own 42. And this is the touchdown to Alec Pierce. This Mm -hmm. play, I I love everything about this because – Talking to, you know, I asked Shane Steichen about it after the game, talking to Alec about it. The Colts knew that if they got in a third and short situation, that the Raiders were going to, they're going to commit to stopping the run. They're going to bring a zero blitz, which means you're playing man-to-man coverage on the back end with no deep safety. And they, they, I think the the Colts even kind of goaded the Raiders into it a little bit by putting Josh Sills on the field as a six offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. So... They call this play. It's a heavy play action. And Alec Pierce is, has two responsibilities on the play. The first is if there's a deep safety, Alec's job is to run a post and just to run that safety off, clear him out, and get something underneath for a first down. But if that safety isn't there, Bill, Alec's job is just, hey, you're going to run into space. And he said coaches all week told him if that safety is not there, you're going to have acres of space to run into. And he even said Gardner Minshew on Saturday night told him, hey, if we run this play, envision yourself catching the ball because it's coming to you and you're going to get a big play out of it. Good protection on the play. Gardner lets lets the pass go. Alec just kind of bends it off so it's not much of a post route. It's kind of more of an over. And he comes in with it. Bill, just as a wide receiver, like when you know you, you get lined up and you see a look and you're like, here it is. This is the thing we've been practicing for all week. The ball's coming my way. I know it's coming my way. What does your mentality have to be? Do, do you Can you put extra pressure on yourself in that moment? Or is it just sort of, hey, this is what we practiced all week. I got this. We're going to get a score out of this. The biggest thing for a play like that, when you see the play developing and, you know, you talk about it all week and it's actually starting to happen and you kind of visualize it and you see it happening, 
the thing that you have to be cautious of for yourself is don't get there too quick. And if you get there too quick, meaning that you don't get the right depth, you don't break it off at the right point, the quarterback's not ready to throw it, and then a defender can close in on you and uh, cover the route. So give Alec credit for getting up the field. Um, the player, Robertson, the DB, was playing outside of him. Alex gets up the field and makes a nice angle post over route. He didn't go too flat, because, which is good. If he went too flat, Jack Jones, who was on the other side, he drops off. Yep. And then if he would have ran right into Jack Jones, and Jack Jones could have picked it off or knocked it down. So give Alec credit for running a nice route, keeping enough separation between him and Jack Jones on the opposite side, but also being the guy over him, Robertson, and making a nice route. And then give Gardner credit as well. Gardner stays in the pocket. He, he sees Spillane coming up into mm -hmm. the pocket, and he delivers the ball out there. Delivers it so Alec can go run and get it and not have to – Alec didn't have to wait for it or anything like that, and Robertson could, could have closed on him, but he made Alec go get it. Nice throw, a nice execution of the play to score a touchdown right there. A big, big, big play for Alec and the team for that 58-yard touchdown. One one just like quick – this is probably a little inside football, but you, you mentioned Spillane on that play, and sometimes if you see a free runner – like, like I, I've got this question for people like, well, why, you know, how did they miss that block? Who, who missed their block? No one missed that block, but no Gardner knows Gardner has to know in this play that I'm hot. If like 40, like this hot route's basically on me. 41's coming free. I know he's coming free, but I also know that Alec is going to be open. So you can still make a throw like that with a guy in your face because you expect it. That is, just that aspect of this whole play design again to hit a play like this everything has to go right if one guy doesn't do their job well it is it's blown up but everyone did their job on this play including Gardner knowing that 41's going to come free on me Spillane's going to be right in my face and then like you said Bill I thought that was a great breakdown of how Alec found the space there again this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Josh Downs where sometimes it looks like a guy is just wide open. I know that was easy, but like there's a lot more detail that goes into it than just Alec running free and catching a touchdown here. Exactly. And it's actually understanding the defense and understanding what the defense is trying to do. And that comes from watching film, understanding it, what they're trying to do to you, and also going through it in practice, understanding that, hey, okay, if this, we get this look, this is what they're going to do. This is where this guy should be. This is what this guy is going to do. Okay, on the backside, we don't have anyone releasing out. So that means that this guy sees it, he might drop off. So I have to change the angle of my route to make sure that this guy doesn't fall, fall under my route. So there's a lot that goes into it and give the guys credit for not just going out there and executing a play, but understanding the play and all the things that can happen in that play and learning from practice and learning from watching film and then going out there and executing those plays on a football field. So give those guys credit. And as you said, there's a there's a lot that can go wrong, but that didn't happen to the Colts um, this evening. They went out there and played and executed those plays and made some big plays out there in the football field. And, and by the way, something that Alec brought up to me after the game, which I thought was a really good point, was about three minutes before this, the Raiders did the same thing. They had yes. a third and one on the Colts' 43-yard line. They ran a heavy play action. And the pass was incomplete. Yep. Um, but on this play, you have Devontae Adams double covered with Nick Cross and Chris Lamont all over him. 
And then Jalen Jones is on DJ Turner uh, or DJ, DJ Tucker, DJ Turner. Moving on. He was on number 11 uh, Mm -hmm. on the Raiders and he had him just enveloped. The pass is incomplete. And then something to me that I I actually, I kind of wish I asked more defensive players about this after the game, but something I thought was, okay, it's third and one, get the ball in plus territory. Obviously the Raiders are going for this, right? And they don't, they punt. And to me, if I, if I'm a Colts defensive player and I see they throw a deep shot on third and one, and then they punt, I'm going, they don't trust their offense at all. Like Antonio Pierce does not trust his offense. Whereas if, that pass that Gardner threw was incomplete to Alec. I can almost guarantee you Shane Steichen is going for it on fourth and one, <laughs> even if it's at the, it wasn't even in plus territory. Like that is a situation where I could have been like, it, Shane's going for it. That's just something I like. I just as a quick aside, Antonio Pierce has done a great job with what the Raiders are doing that team to, to get them to the level where they were, where they were in playoff contention this week. Phenomenal job. I think he deserves strong consideration for that head coaching job. But that's a situation where if you don't trust your offense, that maybe has cascading effects as the game goes on. Yeah, if you don't trust your offense or you don't trust any part of your team, defense, special teams, um, then you're going to coach coach a little bit differently. And, you know, if, if uh, Antonio Pierce doesn't trust his offense. He doesn't want to put his defense in a bad situation if they don't get the first down. So maybe he decides, you know what? Hey, our best thing is to punt. Let's back them up. Let's make them try to drive the whole field. And then he was trying to play the, the 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 field position game. So hopefully back them up. Maybe we'll get the ball again. We'll have some fresh downs. We'll get good field position. And then hopefully maybe in the next drive, we can get some points or move the ball down the field and score a touchdown. You know what? For, for Antonio Pierce to do that, as you said, it probably showed that, you know what, this is how I have to coach this team because of just the players that we have. And, you know what, this the way the offense is not moving the ball as well over the past couple of weeks, maybe I need to do this to help our, uh, help our team out and hopefully the defense can make a play. Maybe they can get another turnover. Maybe he was hoping the defense can get a turnover by backing the Colts up and then seeing what happens. The Raiders, four of the five Raiders punts today, Bill, came in Colts territory. So that I think that tells you a lot about where the Raiders were. But also, I mean, let's talk about the Colts defense now because Mm -hmm. give some credit here to the Colts defense that Antonio Pierce, even with Aiden O'Connell in at quarterback and no Josh Jacobs, you still have Devontae freaking Adams out there. And... (laughs) Devontae got his today, certainly, but oh, yes, he the, did. The, the Raiders didn't feel comfortable going, getting aggressive on offense. I Give some credit to Gus Bradley here. I know everyone's going to sit back and be like, well, that last drive of the game, that was awful. The Raiders were able to move downfield the last you know couple drives. They were able to move it, but okay, let, let's just reset here. The players who are in the Colts secondary today. You have two cornerbacks who are not your starters in week one in Juju Brents and Jalen Jones. Juju Brents had a very good game today. Very like, good game. Very good. Jalen Jones had the uh, the pick six where it got called back for pass interference. Um, but then your your slot corner was Chris LeMans, who was your he's your third string guy there because Kenny Moore had a, a back injury, so he's out. 
Tony Brown got suspended and then you're down to Chris Lamonts. So that's where you're at in the slot. And then at safety, you you're playing back there this kind of rotation of Nick Cross and Ronnie Harrison. Ronnie Harrison, who you signed to convert <laughs> to linebacker, is now back there at safety and has played a pretty good game. Like the, the what Gus Bradley did today, working with the players he had on the field, give Gus Bradley some credit because Okay, yeah, Devontae Adams had a big game. But the Raiders scored 20 points, and you won the game with a bunch of guys who you never expected to play on the back end of this defense today. Yeah, you know, you put those guys back in there and give those guys credit, give the players credit, and give the coaches credit for getting those guys ready to play. Uh, Ronnie Harrison Jr. going out there playing. Nick Cross getting some time, of course, back there. As you mentioned, Chris Lamonts. And, you know, you had the two rookies out there at the corner. You had Jalen Jones and uh, Juju Brents out there and two long guys. And I, I, I bring that up because as a as a former receiver, I hated going against guys that had long arms that could run, made it very difficult to get off the ball. And, you know, give those guys credit. Juju Brents played a, a pretty good game today. I think he did a nice job. And yes, Devonta Adams got his 13 catches and over 100 yards and two touchdowns. He made some big plays out there. But He's Devontae Adams. He's one of the best players in the National Football League. Not just better, not one of the better pass receivers, but just one of the better players in the National Football League. So give him credit. You know what? And Gus did what he had to do. You know, people talk about that one drive when they went down the field and they scored. Well, the Colts were up by two scores yep. at that time. The Raiders had used all their timeouts. They didn't have any timeouts. So basically, what you want in that situation, you don't want to give up a big play in a short amount of time so that they can possibly get the ball back and have time to go down and score again. So you want to keep things in front of you. You want to keep everything in front of you and make sure that you don't give up big plays. So Gus Bradley did the right thing in, in my, in my opinion, uh, in that lat at the end there to keep everything in front of them, make them drive the field, make them have to use some time uh, on the clock. And then hopefully by the, by the time, if they, if they would score, which they did, there wouldn't be much time on the clock for them to get, an onside kick and get the ball back and they didn't get the onside kick. So give Gus Bradley credit for doing the right thing uh, at the end of the game to keep the Raiders from getting multiple times, uh, multiple opportunities to score touchdowns. And and by the way, for the Gus Bradley should blitz more crowd, like it, <laughs> if Gus Bradley sent a bunch of blitzes and you're leaving these cornerbacks undressed to, to borrow a term from Rick Venturi, against Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers, who are two really good wide receivers. I, that's not that's not going to be... It wouldn't have been better, and it might have been worse. Because Aiden O'Connell back there, I was impressed by him. He made some tough throws under pressure. But the Raiders' offensive line played really well in this game. Like, give him some credit. And if you had just been like, yeah, you know what? Let let's have Gus Bradley turn into Wink Martindale and just send zero blitzes all day. Like, I don't think this would have been better. It probably would have been worse. And you would have you could have come out of this game with a loss. So get, give Gus Bradley credit for working with the guys that he had on the field in this game. That is the job of the defensive coordinator. And it was a tough one for Gus in this game, but I thought he did about as good of a job as you could have. Uh, definitely. I mean, he understands his team. He knows the the players that are out there. He knows he has a young secondary. He knows what he's trying to do. He knows 
what type of defensive line he has that can possibly put pressure on the quarterback and, and make some big plays without always blitzing um, uh, the, the young quarterback. And he did a good job. I, th I think Gus Bradley did what he needed to do to protect those guys in the back, back there, those young guys back there. And he put pressure on the guys up front to get some pressure on the quarterback and hopefully get some sacks. The bottom line is the Colts won. They did what they needed to do to win the game. Now it's on to Houston. So down the stretch, the, the Colts made more plays than the Raiders, especially in the fourth quarter. The Colts started off a drive. They took over with 13 minutes to go. Jonathan Taylor immediately rips off a 15-yard run, uh, picks up another first down on third and one near midfield. Right after that play, Trey Sermon comes into the game. He goes for 27 yards, kind of a crack toss play to the left. Michael Pittman Jr. does a good job clearing his guy out, allowing Sermon to spring that. That play winds up resulting in a field goal. Colts get a third and six in the red zone. And Shane Steichen knows, like, let's not, let's not do anything crazy here. Let's just run the ball. So he gives it to Tyler Goodson on third and six at the Vegas 18. Colts kick a field goal. Then, after the Raiders go down and get their field goal of their own, which, by the way, third and six play on the Indy 15-yard line, Juju Brents with a great pass breakup on a one-on-one -on -one to Devontae Adams. Just a, a phenomenal yes. play by Juju Brents. Like, he had a really good game. Like we mentioned, that was his best play of the game, biggest play of the game. Colts take over again. Jonathan Taylor immediately an 11-yard run. So then you kind of get ahead of the change. You start forcing Vegas to call timeouts. Michael Pittman Jr. then draws pass interference that picks up 26 yards. So now you move into Vegas territory, you get a couple plays here. Max Crosby winds up making a big play on third and three. Matt Gay then misses a 50-yard field goal, but Jack Jones is offside. Yep. So now you have Matt Gay to kick a 45-yard field goal. That is good. Colts go back up by two scores with three minutes and 15 seconds to go. So right there, that those are the kind of plays that the, the Colts made to win games, and then the Raiders made a play with the offside that loses you a game. So down the stretch, the Colts executed better. And I know you can talk about that, that last drive the Raiders had, but they went down, they scored a touchdown. If the Raiders had, even if the Raiders recovered the onside kick, they don't have any timeouts and they have about 40 seconds to go. You keep everything in front of you. Okay, they scored. We recover the onside kick. We win the game. The Colts executed better down the stretch, full stop. And that's all you need. That's what you, that's what you want to do. That's Good teams do that. Good teams execute when you need to execute the plays and the Colts did that in the fourth quarter. And to me, one of the, the, the good things is that one of the things that I like the most is how the Colts ran the ball. You know, you heard the coach, they had uh, coach Steichen say before, we're going to throw the score run to win. And you saw yes. that in regards yep. to at, at the, at the end of the game, the Colts were running the ball. You had you Taylor up the middle, you had Taylor up the middle, Taylor left tackle, Taylor, off the left end, you had Sermon off the left end. He was running the ball, eating up clock. They were gaining yards, getting first downs. And then when they got into uh, a position to score, they kicked a field goal. Did a nice job. Took some clock off, took some time off the clock, put some more pressure on the Raiders to try to go down and score. They kicked a field goal, as you mentioned, JJ, all things you mentioned. But the bottom line is the Colts were executing down the end. And that's what you're going to have to have. If you want to go into the playoffs, get into the playoffs, start executing down the end in the fourth quarter on both sides of the ball, offense, defense, and also special teams. You want to execute, minimize the mistakes, and better eliminate the mistakes. 
and so that you could execute and have positive plays. And those are the things that win you football games in the National Football League. So give credit to the Colts for executing down the stretch, and that's what helped them win the football game today. The Colts gave themselves a chance by winning to earn a win and in game against the Texans in Week 18 by virtue of the Kansas City Chiefs beating yes. the Cincinnati Bengals. The Colts now have a win and in in Week 18. By the way, round of applause to Harrison Butker. Six field goals today for the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, if you, by the way, I feel bad for anyone who went up against Harrison Butker and lost their fantasy matchup. That is a Ooh. tough break. Harrison Butker had six field goals today, including. Uh, let's see, one from 50 plus, three from 40 plus. Wow. Um, great news for the Colts. Bad great news, news if you're going up against Harrison Bucker <laughs> in your fantasy league. Uh, and by the way, sorry if your fantasy league still has kickers. Uh, that is a big <laughs> result for the Colts. Look, I mean, if the Colts, if the Chiefs won that game, or the, the Bengals won that game, excuse me, the Colts would have gone into week 18 needing to win and then get some help. And now the Colts don't need any help. The only help that they could get is the Titans beating the Jaguars and then winning the division. But the Colts are guaranteed at least the seven seed. The Colts could either be the number four seed by winning the division, the six seed if they win and the Bills lose, or the seven seed if they win and the Bills win and the Jaguars win. So those are the scenarios. They're all laid out on Colts.com if you want to go read those um, on, on our website. But it's a win and in game, Bill. And the mentality of this team... The fact that they made it this far, like, I, I just want to end on this. I mentioned it a little bit in a postgame article I wrote, but a year ago at this time, oh. we were talking about where are the Colts <laughs> going to draft? Are they going to have a top five pick? Are they going to, who's the quarterback they're going to take? Two years ago at this time, it was, hey, they're winning in. And the Colts got embarrassed by the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 18. This team now, to come back from those two things, to come back from the the awful sting of losing that game to the Jaguars, then going 4-12-1 with all the turmoil that came with the 2022 season, to come back and now be in a position where you've got your 9-7, and seven, and if you win this game, you're in the playoffs. The job that Shane Steichen has done here, he's probably not going to get coach of the year because it's going to go to Kevin Stefanski, deservedly so, with the Cleveland Browns. But to tie it back into what we were talking about at the start, the job that Shane Steichen has done to even get this team in this position is remarkable. It should be commended. And regardless of what happens next weekend, the weekend after, whatever it may be, I am feeling awesome about the 2024 Indianapolis Colts and what they can do. But you know what, Bill? Let's go win a damn football game next weekend. That's what matters <laughs> yeah, right now. That's what matters right now. And that's what I'm excited about for the Colts having an opportunity for me is the Colts have an opportunity to control their own destiny. To me, that's the biggest thing. And as a player, you want to control your own destiny. All you have to do is go out there, play your game, execute, and win the football game. You don't have to scoreboard watch. You don't have to watch anything. Just go out there and execute. And you feel good about it because you have a head coach that's put you in this position to have an opportunity to win and you're in. And you trust him because he has put you in this position and he has done great things for you to help you get into this position so you have an opportunity to play in the playoffs. so the players have confidence in their coach and the coach has shown he has confidence in his players by the things that he's done on the football field as far as the plays he's called positions he's put those guys in so it is a fun situation right now 
to be an Indianapolis Colts fan because this upcoming weekend, whenever the game is played, the Colts have an opportunity to get into the playoffs and they control their own destiny. That's the biggest thing for the players and the fans should be excited just about what they see on the football field, how those guys go out there and play, how hard they play and how much confidence they have in each other and in the coaching staff. So it should be a fun game next week, a big game against a divisional rival. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens next week against the Houston Texans, Houston Texans at Lucas Oil Stadium. So limited tickets are still available. You can go to Colts.com slash tickets to get yours. My wife bought tickets. Like we gave, <laughs> we we have the, we, we gave our tickets that we get uh, to some friends there. She was at a new year's party tonight. And like she and three other friends bought tickets to the game as soon as the Bengals game ended. And it's like, <laughs> this game's winning in. Let's go. Let's get to Lucas Oil Stadium. Let's get downtown. So if you have a chance to go to this game, go to it. This is going to be, this is the biggest game Lucas Oil Stadium has has held since 2014 when the Colts last hosted a, pl- a home playoff game. Wow. This is this is it right here. So if you if you have a chance, and by the way, as you're recording this, we still don't know when that game is going to be, but by the time you're listening to it, you probably will know. Go check Colts.com if you don't know by now. But this is going to be it. Let's make Lucas Oil Stadium an impossible place for C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans to play next weekend. Bill, I am already fired up about it. Let's get to next weekend, whenever that game is. I cannot wait. And we will have another episode of Instant Reaction following that game, Colts and Texans. Hopefully we're talking about a Colts win and a playoff berth for the Indianapolis Colts. Anyways, Bill, Happy New Year. This is uh happy new year to you, JJ. Yes. Nine nine thirty on New Year's Eve. Nothing like getting excited about Colts football. I love it. I, I could keep exactly. going about this. But we're gonna we're gonna be up late through the night thinking about this Colts team and what is at stake next weekend against the Houston Texans. All right, for Bill Brooks, I'm JJ Stakovitz. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. We will talk to you next weekend after the Colts play the Houston Texans in a win and in game. So long.